If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruin. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. And we were complaining about how dry it is. It's so dry everywhere. It's bad podcasting weather. This is bad podcasting weather. Like, I feel like (laughs) the inside of my head is very uh, wicker man. (laughs) Just dry. Just dry uh, plants and and things that could easily light on fire that aren't conducive to the the dulcet tones of, of talking about anything on a mic. <laughs> Which is why we're going to sacrifice a British policeman or, depending yes. if we can get him, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> for better podcasting Actually, You know what? Weather. He does a lot of projects every year. I bet he's available for us to kill him. I mean, we just have to be able to pony up the dough. That's the thing. We just need investors. Yeah. We need backers, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the yeah. way, this is Ruined. It's a podcast where we wrote a horror movie. Um, yes. Should have said that up top. But, um, yeah. Thank you for joining us. This week of January, we're just kind of doing a loosey-goosey, no theme. Yeah. Just movies that we had wanted to do that we're, yes. we're, we're easing in to 2022. Yes. Yeah, we and don't want to come out the gate too hard with anything too complicated. Like, we're just just fun, exciting movies, no complicated themes. Um, but if you if you listen to the podcast, you know that we we love getting questions from you guys via email, and you can email us at ruinedattheradiopoint.com. Um, but we got this one from Jamie um, via email, which was addressed to me, which I would love to answer quickly uh, on the pod, which is, uh, I have a question for Allison. Which real housewife or housewife-adjacent individual would you think would make the best horror movie villain? Uh, and which would make the best final girl? <laughs> Before she says who she uh, thought. I would like to say that uh, I think the best horror movie villain of all of the Bravo extended universe is Vicki Gumvelson, the the OG of OC. Um, She's no longer on a franchise, thank God, probably because she's like an anti-vaxxer racist or something. But um, that's what happens when you start to dip into some of these communities. It's like, oh, they're all like terrible. Like they're already, they're of course like objectively terrible people on screen because they're hired to fight with their friends. But um you know, they're also super rich and out of touch, so they're usually uh, wrong on a lot of things. Uh, but Vicky does, like, her her signature partying thing. Um, oh, no. She also wants peed on Tamara's bed at a hotel, which I think is just, like, villain behavior. Um, not knowing it. It's because also, like, they're all, like, 50 and 60 now. Um, that is, like, the Jigsaw would do, I think. Oh, my God. She's so, and I don't want to, like, talk about people's looks, but Vicky's just done a lot to her face, so mm-hmm. Jigsaw also looks chock full of fillers. But she does, her part, her signature partying, like, thing is, uh, scre- I don't even want to do it on mic, but like a, woohoo! Like, she does, like, it's like her thing. She screams it all the time. It's very, like, of the woods. Like, I would say, imagine, like, it's the middle of the night, you're in your tent, and you just hear a, a woohoo from, it's a little bit far away, but it's not far away enough. 
Exactly. Like, I, it's very haunting. Everything about her is haunting. Um, I think she's just, like, she's a good villain on the show. She'd be a good villain in a movie. And she was a villain on the show. Um, so I would say that for villain. And for final girl, I mean, I don't know. It's hard because, like, I kind of don't <laughs> like any of them um, as much as mm-hmm. I am obsessed with all of these franchises. I think that, like, everybody loves... Kyle Richards from Beverly okay. Hills so much. Well, I mean, and, like, Halloween n- Kills star. Yeah, Kyle so Richards. I feel like she's in the world of horror a little bit, um, and she's like a fan favorite, beloved person that everybody roots for um, in in her housewiving. So I feel like in a movie, <laughs> you'd be rooting for her to survive and like make it out. So those would yeah. be like my two choices. But Jamie said, personally, I think Dwight from early Atlanta seasons would be a fucking terrifying in any <laughs> horror context. And I think that is absolutely correct. Um, so thank you for that question. Uh, I'm available for all Housewives chat, but any questions you guys have about <laughs> horror um, or movies or us or anything, please uh, shoot us an email or uh, DM on Instagram at Ruin Podcast, and we will get to them all eventually. Um, And we really appreciate all your suggestions and your recommendations. And the movie this week, it was recommended by T.W., Courtney W., and Sam, all via email. So we really appreciate, this is a long time coming, an oft-requested movie from, as Allison would say, our heyday. And we are, of course, doing The Faculty. Yes. And... um, I, it is of an era where every, virtually everyone, from 1998, virtually everyone in this movie is now incredibly famous. It was like, it's shocking, shocking to watch the trailer yeah. and be like, every per even like the character actors in it that aren't like major celebrities are like very known character actors. Like, it's shocking how famous everybody is. Absolutely. I mean, we'll get into it, but I, every new person, I was like, <gasps> Oh, I mean, for example, B.B. Newworth is in this movie. She's in this? I was like, what a delight. Also, she looks fantastic. I mean, she always does. She's an icon. Um, so we'd like to have Allison watch the trailer before we get into uh, ruining a movie. Allison, what did you think of the faculty trailer? I mean, you know, I think for starters, like seeing it now, I'm like, I see how this isn't disturbing behavior, but mm-hmm. how we easily you, thought they were I all mean, the same movie. It? Yeah, it, I was gonna it say, aren't they? A they're bit. all the same, but they're all different. I like again. It was just like seeing like every celebrity hit the screen was just so. Like I guess they make movies that have a lot of fame, like, but they're all like Marvel movies at this point. When we yeah. have this kind of stacked cast, and like this was a young cast, so like nobody knew that like Elijah Wood was gonna be, but he was already. I don't know. Everybody was pretty famous in this movie. <laughs> um, they did use. School's Out for Summer, which I think was iconically also used in the original Scream movie in the film, not in the um, trailer, which a thing I remember because I've seen it. So more on that later. Um, And I was going to say, uh, The Faculty is written by Kevin Williamson, who is, of course, the screenwriter of Scream. Perfect. Um, And it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. And it has that feel, and I just looked, apparently the faculty and disturbed behavior both came out in 1998, which is really interesting because that the 90s was all about like, oh, if you had a deep impact, you know, like if you're going to have, yeah. um, you're going to have an Armageddon, you know, right. like we're going to have two movies released the same year with virtually the same plot or topic. It and is these are absolutely one-to-one, um, making sort of the same points, I think. Yeah, that was like a thing that used to happen that, 
doesn't really, ha- I guess less movies get made now, but that's a whole yeah. other indictment of our studio system. And and I guess it's more niche. It's like, oh, can you really compare like a Netflix movie to something that released right. in theaters? You know, there's right. different development timelines. Um, we also like to take a baseline scary for the movie. So, and it was, this one's hard because it is so mm-hmm. similar to, um, <laughs> Uh, disturbing behavior. Sure. So I'm going to say, and I feel like we may have touched on this before. I need to make a, like a, a Excel spreadsheet of things yeah, we, we talked should. about. How scary do you find the concept of um, a parasite that can control its host behavior? Oh, very, very. The mm-hmm. only parasite I'm okay with is a tapeworm because I think it would be like fun to eat a lot and still lose weight. <laughs> Other than that, so you're pro tapeworm. We're taking pro-tape a firm worm. pro tapeworm stance. Yes. Um, I remember at the but, height of my hypochondria in my 20s. I was like, I have a tapeworm. I, yes. I, I have my stomach hurts. And I was like, could it be your undiagnosed uh, anxiety disorder, do you think? Yes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but other otherwise, parasites that have control of hosts, uh, a very scary concept. I always think of um, there's a parasite that can take over an ant and essentially just use mm. it as like a little car to zoom around. Like the ant yes. becomes a zombie. Mm-hmm. And of course, toxoplasmosis from, yes. you know, kitty litter and, and yeah. other things. Sort of manipulating our Talking about function. kitty litter again. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is sort of, and, and then uh, secondly, and we've already sort of discussed this, but this is what the movie is about, is like how... Scary? Do you find the concept of choosing happiness over your individuality? Oh, so like high school? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes, ultimately high school. Um, I mean, like younger me would have been like happiness, and like mm-hmm. older me is like, can I just like do my own thing? I really don't care anymore. <laughs> I right, just want to yeah. like be left alone <laughs> to like figure my shit out on my own. And I guess that's what, like, what a cult is. It's like, ultimately, you're yeah. like, you are training your individual expression for happiness. But much as in the faculty, much like in many cults, um, the sacrifice you end up making is horrible. And the happiness isn't real, you know? Ultimately, yeah. Most happiness isn't real. <laughs> right. And if you could learn one thing from this podcast is, one— Get a tapeworm, easy way to, to eat, eat and <laughs> keep the weight down. And then two, happiness isn't real. And yeah. finally, good um, Allison, as we get into the faculty, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. Well, from the trailer, my guess and like my general remembering of like this movie being in the zeitgeist or whatever is like that the teachers are the ones who are controlling. They're... Something is wrong with them. They are aliens, mm-hmm. or I would assume occupied by parasites. Um, so I guess it probably has to do with like how that started. So yes. maybe, maybe uh, it's something in the town's water. Okay, great. Love it. Yes, it's a very watery. The trailer's very watery. The whole movie's very water based. Okay. Love it. Okay, great. Um, so we open on Coach Joe Willis, played by Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. And yes. he is screaming at the football team at the at Harrington High School, the Hornets, calling them limp-ass blow dicks. And other late 90s, you know, we're like, we got tired of insults, so we had to, like, just make things as horrible as possible. Clea Duvall at one point calls Usher a blood fart, like, during oh the gosh. movie. You're just like, but it does feel like that is what we were saying, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. 
It wasn't the most eloquent of language eras. Um, And Coach Wells yells at Stan, who's played by Sean Hatosi, and is the only actor I honestly don't remember from this era. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, great in this movie, super fun. I'm trying to see what else he's in. Oh, he's in Animal Kingdom. Oh, he's in a lot of stuff. Just stuff that I have not seen. Sure. Alva Dog, the cooler. He's our, you know, brooding quarterback. You know, he's sort of been roped into this world where he has to be a meathead jock, but Al said he just wants more. Mm. But Coach Willis yells at him. He's like, you better get your fucking head in the game or get the fuck off my team because, Allison, Friday is the biggest game. It's the big game of the season. What that means, I don't know. I I wasn't really paying attention to the homecoming game. I'm not sure. But he tells him— the big game. You better shape up or ship out Stan. And Stan is friends with another football player, Gabe, played by Usher. Yes. And he's like, it's not worth getting upset. Coach Willis is just deranged. He screams at everybody. And as they watch, Coach Willis is so mad. This is just a practice. He grows over and flips over the bench, and a bunch of coolers all fall over. What? And it's like, I would hope nowadays, like, somebody would go talk to this coach and be like, you don't yeah. have to do this. They're yeah, children. Today, yeah. Please. Also, they're yeah, going to end up hopefully, that would be yeah. managed better. So the students head into the locker room, and Coach Wells is still so mad. He starts, like, kicking a sprinkler head's ass. Like, he's just, like, wailing on this <laughs> sprinkler head for no reason. It's just trying to water the grass. And as he's, like, futzing with it, somebody approaches him from behind, and Coach you know, says, like, turning without turning around, like, this better be important, or someone's going to be doing laps till sunrise. And he turns, and we don't see the person or hear them. Okay, so that's going to be sort of okay. a mystery, is who is this first oh. person? okay. And Coach Wells replies, yeah, what? Cut to that evening, we're with the principal, Miss Drake, played by B.B. fucking Newworth, <laughs> looking incredible. Amazing, amazing. And she is going down the line and letting all the teachers know you're not going to get any fucking money. So she turns to Miss, Mrs. Brummel and says, we're not getting new computers, so we'll have to get the repair guys to juice them up. Again, what were computers in the 90s? I don't know. Tells Mr. Tate um, there's no money for a field trip to New York. They, they oh, This is in Ohio. And okay. um, also, again, Mr. Tate is played by Daniel Von Bargen, who is Kruger on Seinfeld. Yes. And is also, like that you're was, saying, a character actor in everything. You see him all the time, but to me, he's always going to be Kruger. Yeah. Like, um, that's just who and he then, is. Finally, Mrs. Olsen, she says there's no money for a musical this year. Mrs. Olsen is, of course, Piper Laurie, who plays yes. uh, Carrie's mother from Carrie. And so, again, we, we have a stacked cast. And so all the teachers are really disappointed, and they're like, well, you know, and Mr. Tate says, you know, well, I bet the football team gets their new jerseys and new equipment this year. And, and Mr. Tate tells him, this is a football town, and a well-funded team is what the town wants and what the parents want. So you better believe they'll get whatever we want. We love football, which, again, such a 90s thing. It really is. I mean, yeah, it is. 90s And now, to a lesser degree. Yeah. But so they all kind of shuffle off to the parking lot, but Mr. Tate goes back. He's like, oh, I forgot my keys. And she goes back inside the completely dark school. Like, she doesn't even turn out a hallway light. She make, make it back to her office. And she gets there and grabs her key and turns wow. around only to find Coach Willis five inches from her face. Oh, my God. And he tells her, you look very, very pretty tonight. I need a um, a pencil. And Miss Drake's like, have you been drinking? Like, take a fucking pencil. And goes home and hands it to him. Allison, Coach Willis grabs Principal Drake's hand and stabs the pencil through her palm. What? And tells her, I've always wanted to do that. Fortunately, Miss Drake is like resourceful and she's able to grab right. her office keys and slash him in the face. 
and, and basically throws him into the window where he hits his head and runs to the front door, which Coach Willis has chained to close from the inside. This is a very scary sequence. Like, this opening sequence is my favorite part. This is terrifying. Outside the door, Mrs. Olsen is there, but, of course, she doesn't have a cell phone. Eh, late 90s. And yeah, yeah. she doesn't have her key. It doesn't really matter because, like, it's literally chained shut. So Mrs. Drake right. is screaming through the door. Miss Olsen's like, let me go run and get help. And she's like, no, stay here. Like, don't leave me. And Miss Drake realizes she's dropped her keys and she has to go back into the office and grab them. And she doesn't know where Coach Willis is in, like, the hallway, basically. Because it's pitch dark oh, in there. God. He goes back into the office. She grabs a pair of scissors and she's, like, holding them up okay. to defend herself. Good. Only to hear Mrs. Olsen screaming, Coach Willis is coming. I can see him. So Miss Drake is running to the door, screaming, um, trying to unlock the lock as Coach Willis is barreling, Terminator 2 style, Obviously. down the hallway. <laughs> it's a terrifying moment. She's able to finally get outside and, you know, she drops the scissors on the ground and, sh- and is able to chain the door shut from the outside. And she's like, he's gone insane. He attacked me. Unfortunately, Allison... When Mr. Drake turns to Mrs. Olsen to be like, can you believe this guy? We see Mrs. Olsen has this totally glassy-eyed look, and she raises the scissors and then just starts stabbing Miss Drake to death. Oh. And Mrs. Olsen says, I've always wanted to do that. In the morning. Wow. Also, that's like a terrifying, I know it's not a catchphrase, but like that's a terrifying like recurring phrase to have. Yes. Like scary people saying. Right. It's like, Why? Is that true right. or is it just now, you know? Right. What is allowing you to act this way? And I'm going to be honest, uh, this movie took forever to watch. Like, there, This is a huge cast with like a lot yeah. of stuff going on. So I want to do my <laughs> best. So in case you're like, oh, you forgot this one thing. I probably did. I, like it's yeah. like every 20 seconds is a new scene with two new people having some drama. And also <laughs> there's, you know, a, an invasion of the school. Yes. Okay. In the morning, bad boy, school bad boy Zeke, played by Josh Hartnett, arrives. And you know he's a bad boy because he has, like, a black and red muscle car. And he's driving, like, the Dukes of Hazard, like, doing, like, insane, like, donuts in the parking lot. And it made me think, like, is this what John Waters thinks, like, a teenager is? Like, it yes. was like a, you know, like an adult being like, I don't know, what makes someone cool? He's got a cool car? I don't know. <laughs> so we see Zeke I mean, arrive. in high school, yeah, having a cool car. And he is cool. I want to be clear. And, and we find out that Zeke is, like, a fifth-year senior. Like, he failed last year, so he's, like— Wait, who's playing this again? Josh, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. Yeah, so yeah. he's older, so he's, like, cool and hot. And, yeah. like, you know, obviously all the girls are like, oh, that bad boy, you know? Yeah, I mean— we, so we see everyone arriving for the school day. We see Casey, who's the dweeb, played by Elijah Wood. He has to take yep. the bus because he sucks. Mm-hmm. And he sort of gives googly eyes at Delilah, who's played by Jordana Brewster, who I think of as, you know, mostly from the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yes, yes, yes. And Delilah is a very funny character because she's like both the head cheerleader and the editor of the school magazine and also the biggest bitch yeah. you've ever met. Like, like that's gorgeous. not a real— No. That's like, that's too much stuff. She wouldn't be able to do it. And we kind of find out about her. She's got, like, fucked up family, obviously, sure. to try to explain why she's such a bitch. But Casey is the the school photographer. So, like, he works with Delilah all the time and obviously has, like, a thing for her. But he's a nerd. He has to ride the bus. Mm-hmm. And this movie finally does what I've been begging movies to do. I, I, you know, that came out 30 years ago at this point. <laughs> They put the, as they introduce the characters, they have the names on screen. Thank oh. God. And that must have been a studio being like, there are so many people in this fucking movie. I want you that have for to just everything I see. I want Chiron's lower thirds, name yes. tags. I don't care how you do it. I need to know what everyone's name is because oh, I, mean, I already been, have forgotten. 
<laughs> we've been talking about where Allison and I are watching Yellow Jackets. Yes. Allison, I want them to have name tags as adults and children. Because I'm like, and wait, which, which teen is which adult? Like, I can't keep track yes. of anybody. Yes. So we, we meet them, and then we, uh, Casey gets elbowed in the face by like a upperclassman, and we see this goth chick, Stokely, played by Clay Duvall, and she goes, crash and burn, Casey, in a very late, fun late 90s way. Yes. Meanwhile, two girls get into a fender bender in front of the school, like a minor one, and they just start kicking each other's ass. Like another sign that like there's this hyper aggression going on. Yes. And Stokely is like watching the fight and she slams into Stan, the quarterback, and she's like, walk much? And Stan replies, you ready to be beast? However, it's very clear that Stokely, even based on this, like the reason she acted that way is she has a crush on Stan. Okay. So she's like going to be extra mean to him because she so clearly has a crush on the quarterback. Stan, meanwhile, is sort of dating Delilah and runs up to her, and she's like, oh, don't kiss me, my lip gloss, you know. Right. And Stan tells Delilah, you know, I might have a story for you. The story is I'm going to quit uh, football. And Delilah is like, what are you talking about? You're going to quit football. Like, this is your only way to get to college. You're really bad at studying. She's basically <laughs> like, you're stupid. You have to play football. You need sports. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to. Like, I, I'm not going to. Also, it's like, let's be honest. He's not getting into the FBI. The, the, uh, FBI. He's not going to get into the NFL. Like, he's His not like His football skills are he's never going to get him into the FBI. <laughs> he's somebody who would be an actor in a teen movie. He's yes. not like a professional football yes. player. And she's like, also, the social hierarchy is already confirmed. Like, I'm the head cheerleader. I have to be dating the quarterback. And if you're not, well, good luck finding the cure for cancer. It just, like, starves off. And I'm like, that is cold, cold-blooded. <laughs> Meanwhile, we see some upperclassmen grab Casey, and they pick him up, and they ram him crotch first into the flagpole. I guess just to, like, what? emphasize this guy's, like, the dweeb who's constantly getting uh, beaten up, you know? Like, we get it. <laughs> It's mayhem. It's like, it's like, this is what it's like here at the school. Every day we see a couple like screaming at each other and the girl played by Summer Phoenix slaps Anything? her boyfriend hard in the face. I was like, this is crazy. And finally, of course, we meet the new girl, Mary Beth Louise Hutchins from Atlanta. And she's like this very sweet blonde Southern belle who's like, oh, it's my first day. And all the kids kind of ice her out and like no one wants to talk to her. Once we were inside, finally. Who was playing um, her? It is Laura Harris, who I also, I recognize, but don't. Mm -hmm. She is also one of the lesser names. Not that she's not phenomenal, but let's see. Um, Oh, she has has a lot of voiceover work. Oh, good for her. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, She's in in Dead Like Me. She's in 24. All right, she's Um, working. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of stuff that I haven't seen, so I I really couldn't tell you. But you know what, good for her. Good for her. Good for her. Okay, so she comes in. She's, of course, baffled by this, like, insane display of uh, high schoolness. When we get inside, Zeke is selling fake IDs and drugs in the bathroom. <laughs> and It's a one-stop shop. And one of the boys uh, buying the drugs and uh, fake IDs is Danny Masterson. And, of course. Oh. And he's like, well, how do, you, how do you know these fake IDs will get us in somewhere? And Zeke tells him, because I'm brilliant. And Danny Masters is like, well, why are you repeating senior year there? He's like, oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> to settle, to like sort of upsell them on these IDs, Zeke gives them each a pen full of his own special drug, which he calls scat. And he reassures oh. them it is guaranteed to jack you up. And later we see like what he makes. it. It's basically ground up caffeine pills and like household products. So it's basically DIY meth. So again, 
this the also, fear no of what your child needs, is going to take. Right. No one needs to be more jacked up at this school. <laughs> they are yeah, all everyone is on jacked their minds. up. <laughs> but it's going to be good that he is making this drug because it, it, it comes into play later. Okay, great. Meanwhile, in the faculty lounge, we see Mr. Tate, and we meet Nurse Harper, played by the one and only Salma Hayek, who has a terrible cold. She's sniffling, she's sneezing, and she's tending to the wound on the hand of a, a, a teacher, Mr. Knowles, who cut his hand on the projector. And just then, science teacher Mr. Mr. Furlong shows up. It's John Stewart. I mean, it's so many people. <laughs> it's in it, the it cast. It's cast of thousands. And he nervously approaches Nurse Harper, and he's like, "Um, I called you this weekend. I guess you were probably sick." Um, and she's like, "Yeah, I have this like really nasty cold. I can't shake. You know, like I just feel so sick." Across the table, we see Mrs. Brummer, who we saw the uh, meeting with the uh, Miss mm-hmm. Drake. She drops her pen, and then another teacher very kindly retrieves of her. It's Miss Burke is the teacher, and it's Famke Jensen. And I'm what? like, how many goddamn teachers are at this school, and how do I keep track of all of them? It's, this is, like, just, it's a lot for, like, this, it's a lot for any movie. This is just a lot of characters. Yeah. And everyone's like, this is, like, oh, oh my God, like, this school's so cheap, they won't even let us turn on the fucking air conditioning, even though it's, like, whatever, probably, like, September is incredibly yeah. hot. And as we were watching, Coach, Coach Willis is silently standing near the water cooler with just downing mm-hmm. cups of water, just drinking, like, water after water. And suddenly, Mrs. Olsen enters, and she looks fantastic. Like, when we saw her before, she was, like, mousy, you know, like a public yeah. school teacher. She's got a blowout. She's got a bold lip. She's got, like, a fun <laughs> printed scarf. She's not your slubby public school teacher. And then as part of this is, like, as people sort of get subsumed into this, like, growing invasion, they mm-hmm. become very sexy, which was also a plot line sort of in disturbing behavior. that They explain yeah, that as, like, a, you know— that that's like a side effect of what they were doing to the kids. This is just sort of like it's people are more compelled by sexy people. So even Mrs. Olson, I think that that's valid. Who you? But it's like it's for me. It's like my one thing. If I was a teacher, the one thing I don't have to do is be sexy at school. Like that. Ever. I'm like great. I never have to wear makeup again. Yep. And Coach Will says to her, "Why, Mrs. Olson? You look very, very pretty today." Over in her class, Mrs. Burke, who is Famke Jensen, who is a supermodel, is so nervous and mousy and quiet. She, like, can barely control her class and, like, get them to engage. And she asks, like, what was Robinson Crusoe's greatest fear? And this is when we find out, like, Zeke actually is smart. Again, mm-hmm. he just is, like, emotionally neglected at home, like all these yeah. kids. He raises, Zeke raises his hand. He says, his greatest fear is getting stuck on an island all alone and ending up with calluses. And all the kids laugh because he's talking about jerking off. Right. And Ms. Burke tells him, no, isolation was great as fear. And Zeke says, ah, his external existence in no way compared to the internal agony he felt, which is kind of what he already said. But Ms. Burke was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, like a poet. You are oh. so impressive. And they do this, like, intense sexual chemistry that I guess we're supposed to think is okay because he's technically a fifth-year senior, like so, like, 19. he's either 18 or 19. But it's still, like, rated in. Like, yeah. this is not okay. You're still his teacher. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. He still has like the social and 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 cultural trappings of a, a teenage high school student, right? And also, like we find out, his parents are like constantly traveling. He's alone at home. He's someone who does need a parental figure. Unfortunately, he won't mm-hmm. get one in Miss Burke. And uh, also, there's about to be something horrible happening to all the faculty members. Cool, cool. 
over in his class, we see Mr. Tate, he's starting to drink, like, gallons of water out of his mug. And, and we also hear a student coughing. So it's like, oh, is the water? Everyone's sort of coughing. And finally, we get a quote. You know, I love a quote that's going to give us a thesis a of our movie. And also, this mm. is all in the first 10 fucking minutes. Like, this that's is like— insane. We're setting up so many characters and so many plot lines so early that I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so finally, the quote is, only through conformity among the masses can the unified state offer the benefits of power, order, and security, which seems like a fascist quote. Yeah. And Stan raises his hand and said, actually, we read that last week. We're on Chapter 5, Individual Action Society. So that's what we're going to have to see is that individuals are standing up to this thing. Um, so over at lunch, Mary Beth has sort of clocked that Stokely has no friends. And because Mary Beth is the new girl, she's like, oh, I'll try to be friends with her because what is she going to do, not be friends with me? <laughs> like, give me right. a break. And she goes to stay with her outside, and uh, she's like, what are you reading? Stokely's reading Robert Heinlein's Double Star. We find out that Mary, uh, that Stokely is a sci-fi fan. And I think this movie attempts to do what Scream was doing sort of in this meta way about, like, teenagers who are horror movie fans, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. these. this is about sci-fi. So Stokely's our sci-fi, you know, are in Into the World. And... Just then, Delilah comes over, and she's the biggest bitch of Stokely. And she's like, oh, are you seducing our new students already? And she says to Mary Beth, hope you aren't a violent lesbian like Stokely here, just being a massive cunt. And Stokely, you know, sort of storms away. And we assume, okay, Mary Beth's not going to hang out with her. Oh, contraire. Mary Beth is from Atlanta. They're much more progressive there. Yes. And inside the school, Stokely sees that Mrs. Olsen is sort of taking Mrs. Brummel away to have a word with her. And there's a weird vibe. She also runs into Stan again. It's like, get a seeing eye dog already, man. Like, clearly in love with him. (laughs) Um, We see uh, out in the bleachers, Casey's eating lunch alone. He's got, like, his camera. He's taking, like, some photos, just walking around alone. Mm -hmm. And then he stumbles us across laying in the grass right near the sprinkler that Coach Willis was beating up. And mm. because Coach Willis is, like, in love with that sprinkler head, he's immediately right there. And he's on Casey's ass, like, what are you doing? What did you find? Allison, it looks like Casey has found a dog turd, but that would be a different movie. Yes. <laughs> and so he takes this little, like, weird wormy lump to Mr. Furlong, the science teacher. And luckily, everyone's in the same fucking class. So we see Mary of Beth course. arrive, and she asks Stokely if she wants to be lab partners. And she's like, well, I didn't know that you were a lesbian. I think that's very cool and progressive that you're out during school. And so it's like, I'm not, I'm not a lesbian. That's just like the rumor that everyone believes. And mm. I kind of go along with it because I just want everyone to leave me alone. Yep. But Mary Beth's like, I'm not put off. I'm perky and blonde. I'm going to sit here and be your fucking friend. Oh, I like that for them. So Casey gives this little worm to Mr. Furlong. And he tells him that he thinks it is a dead mesozoan. A certain mesozoan only exists in the kidney of certain squid and octopi. Which doesn't make sense because this is Ohio. Yep. And so at this point, like, all the classes there, they're all kind of gathered around. He's looking at another microscope, and they're kind of grossed out and intrigued because, as, um, you know, he says, this doesn't belong here. Mr. Furlong says, uh, this mesozoan is a pillagic organism, which I word I do I li- probably have never heard. No. And Zeke immediately is like, oh, you mean it's a sea-dwelling organism. So we know Zeke okay, is smart. Okay, Zeke. And Mary Beth is immediately horned up. He's like, ooh, the bad boy was smart. Like, this is like, Mm. now I'm completely into him, having never met him or spoken to him before. 
And Mr. Furlong's like, okay, this is actually really exciting because if you found this on our property, I'm going to call the university. Maybe they could, like, we get some grant money to study it. We could find out, like, is it in the water? Like, this yeah. is an opportunity for me, a public school science teacher, to, like, potentially get some, like, new books or whatever. Yes. Is this John Stewart or Kruger? This is John Stewart. Okay. So Mr. Furlong is John Stewart. Um, and it. he tells, don't tell anyone about the worm. I'm going to call the university. I don't want to blow up my spot if this ends up being, like, something right. exciting. And Usher, Gabe, we see teasing Stokely. He's like, hey, Stokely, uh, maybe that thing is from your planet. And Stokely tells him, <laughs> blow me blood fart. And I'm like, good God. But that is what kids talk like, unfortunately. I mean, that is how teens talked in 1998. So. And, and Stokely, like, elbows Gabe and knocks over this water onto the Mesozoan, and it starts moving. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's not dead. Mr. Falling picks it up, and he throws it into an empty fish tank with water, and not only does it start swimming, it sort of unfurls these long red tendrils, like these little tiny mm. tentacles out of its body. I don't like it. And Mr. Furlong's like, oh, look, do you see when I put it in water, the skin changed? And so it, he puts on a plastic glove and he reaches in to touch the creature. No. Why? Only for the worm to split into two so it's able to produce, reproduce itself, yeah. clone itself. And then one of them turns and it has teeth and it bites him in the finger. And Casey says, it has teeth? When did it get teeth? Allison, at this point in the movie, I gotta ask you, what would you do? What would you do? <laughs> Which of the 90 people am I? Um, anyone. Anyone that you identify with. As a student, I'd be like, I don't like this school. I don't want to be here anymore. Everyone's super nasty. <laughs> I want to go home. Um, as a teacher, I'd be like, I'm not getting paid enough for any of this bullshit. I, th- I would just get out of there. Like, yeah. I would call someone who understands, like, the biology of this paleolithic creature or whatever and be like, hey, this is happening at school. Like, it's not good. I It's out of our hands. Like, somebody come take care of it. And I feel like it's like, if you're that teacher, even though these kids are like, how do we not, like, you could be, like, this could have rabies. I would not rabies, but it's like, right. a cre- an unknown creature that we don't know why it's here just beat you and drew blood. You have to go to the yes. hospital. Yes. And you have to, like, tell people. What do you mean, don't tell anyone about the worm because you might get grant funding? Yeah, I mean, if we've, if we've learned anything on this podcast and from all of these movies, it's like, just start talking immediately. Like, like yes. tell people when things are happening. Like, do not keep things to yourself or conceal it from others. Exactly. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. Over at the pool, Stan finally tells Coach Willis, I'm quitting the team. I'm not going to be at the big game. And Coach, who we've seen as explosively angry, just smiles and says, 
well, it's clear you're going through some life-changing transition. Who am I to stand in front of the human experience? And Stan's like, wow, that's so crazy. I thought you were just going to like read me out. Thank you for being so nice. And Coach Will says, what kind of human would I be if I did that? There is nothing less human <sighs> than repeatedly referring to yourself as human. Nope. Okay, nope. that's horror survival nope. rule number 579. Yeah, it's like people who are like, I'm rich. And it's like, you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. rich people never have to say they're rich. Humans never have to say they're human. So kind of like reassured, Stan goes to um, shower in the locker room, which is just one big room with like big sh- standing shower poles, which is what I thought mm-hmm. high school would have to be. And I was terrified. We didn't yes, shower at any point. But he goes in and he's soaping his face. And as he is, as his eyes close, we see bare elderly feet walking towards him. He Ooh. turns around just in time to see Mrs. Rebel ripping off her dress her face covered in sores, screaming, help me, I can't breathe. <laughs> Mrs. Bumble falls on a stand, who is totally naked, and she tells him, I don't know what's going on. They want everyone. And Stan's a nice guy, so he's trying to, like, pat her on the head to console her, like, Ooh. don't worry, Casey's going to go get somebody. And when he touches her hair, a huge chunk of hair and scalp just peels away from Mrs. Brummel's skull. No, I was not expecting body horror yeah. in this way, in this movie. Suddenly, the bell rings, and we cut to ourselves in the principal's office, where Mrs. Olsen is telling Stan and Casey, like, oh, you know, Mrs. Brummel's actually undergoing treatment for cancer. She's on a lot of medication And she was hoping to finish the school year, but we'll talk to her. It seems like she probably needs to take a leave of absence. So if you wouldn't Mm. mind, just keep this to yourselves. Like, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to be embarrassed. Like, it's just a medical thing. And they're children. So they're like, okay, I guess that's what happens when you get chemo. I have no idea. Yeah, right. No one's going to question it. Um, Out of the parking lot, Zeke is selling bootleg softcore porno out of his trunk. The man's a businessman, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he's the Amazon of stuff teens want. And Ms. Burke shows up, and she, again, she's so mousy, and she she's like, hey, you better not be selling those portals or selling that drugs out of your trunk. You know, if you just apply yourself. And he says, well, how about I apply you to this? And he offers to sell her condoms, and she's super offended and storms away. Which, again, all this is Weird. so funny to me because it's like, it's Famke Jensen, like the hottest woman alive. So it's like— Yes, yes, like just— Bone structure, like, body. Yeah, it's like when Galvado has, like, glasses. It's like, okay. Yeah, right. It's like, I get it. (laughs) Um, Meanwhile, Delilah is lamenting to Casey, I don't have any lead story for the school magazine. We need to find something. We need to get some dirt. So we're going to break into the faculty lounge and just, like, look for anything. And Casey tries to tell Delilah about the mezzo, and he's like, that's interesting. Like, this might be a whole new species of this kind of thing. And she's like, oh, snooze at 11. Who cares about some worm? (laughs) And they sneak into the faculty lounge. You should care about that worm. Yeah. You're about to carry about it in about two seconds here. And they start rifling through everyone's purses, which she's like you would get expelled just for that. That's a crime. And they find Nurse Harper's pills and Mr. Tate's flask. And she's like, I already wrote about it. I exposed Mr. Tate's alcoholism last year. It's whatever. And Casey's like, you know, Old you can news. be like a cool person where you're not being a grade A bitch. That's Lila's like, Casey, are you hitting on me? And they sort of have this moment where they have like a flirtation. Just then, Mrs. Olsen and Coach Willis arrive, and Delilah and Casey hide in a coat closet. And they hear what is obviously, like, some sort of, like, alien or creatures planning to take over Mm -hmm. the school. And they're like, have the whole faculty been commuted? And they're drinking, like, cups of water, like, over and over again. (laughs) 
just then, unfortunately, Nurse Harper arrives and she's like, oh, I feel like shit. I thought I was the only one still here. I'm going to head, I'll see you on the flippy flop. I'm going to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> unfortunately, before she leaves, Mrs. Olsen closes the door and Coach Willis corners Nurse Harper up against the closet where, where Delilah and Casey are. And he says, uh-huh. I have a pain. And he grabs her and he forces her down the couch. And as Nurse Harper screams, uh, Coach Willis vomits one of those worms into her ear as she, like, writhes what? and screams. So, d- meanwhile, Delilah and Casey are hearing all this and trying not to, like, scream. Just then, the dead, desiccated body of Mrs. Brubble, which has been in the closet the whole time, like, falls out from behind the coats on top of them. Jesus Christ. And reasonably, they freak out, and they run out of the closet screaming, and they make it all the way down the hall until they run into, the first time we've seen her since the opening, Miss Drake, the principal— and oh. she's back. And Mr. Tate. And they're like, we just saw they had to attack Nurse Harper and the Mrs. Brubble bodies in the closet. And they're like, ha, ha, you kids must be playing some kind of prank. Casey's like, no, I'm going to get the police, my parents. And he he runs home and comes back with uh, cops and his, both of his parents. His dad being Shooter McGavin from Billy Madison. Perfect. Perfect. Incredible. It's like every every person who was in SAG in 1998 is in this movie. Right. And Kevin Williams is like, and a role for you, and a role for you, and a role for you. <laughs> and so they go back to school. Of course, when they go to look in the closet, Mrs. Brummel's corpse isn't there. There's just a CPR dummy. And they're like, oh, he probably got scared in the closet. And, and the CPR dummy startled him. He's like, no, no. And then Mrs. Har- Nurse Harper, Nurse Harper isn't there, but they're like, we called her, you know, she, we didn't attack her. She had a seizure. She has to take this medication. She's at home. She's resting up just fine. Everything you say is a lie. And of course, Casey's of parents course. are immediately like, our kid's lying. You're making this up. You're wrong. Because that's good mm-hmm. parenting is immediately turn yes. on your child. Yes. And they said, we're so sorry about this. We're going to make him an appointment with a therapist. Meanwhile, the cops are like, well, I want to call and, and talk to these two women just to make sure they are actually okay. You know, I, I have okay. to do some due diligence. I'm the only yes. decent cop in any movie. Unfortunately, Allison, the cop goes into Miss Drake's office with her, and by the time he comes back out, he too has a glossy look and is no. a part of it. So not only is the faculty a part of it, the cops are now the also cops. being subsumed into this um, invasion. Of course they are. And so Shooter McGavin drags Casey home, and he's going through his his room, and he's like, do you have drugs? Show me the drugs. And the mom's freaking out. She's like, I have to get a therapist for you. Like, you're not, no internet, no phone, you know. But Casey's not going to take this lying down. So he's sort of like, starts to crawl out of his window to go sneak off and talk to Delilah or Stokely. And he sees the silhouettes of Mrs. Olson, Mr. Tate, and Coach Willis standing on the street. And Casey falls into the bushes. And luckily, Shooter McGavin hears it and runs out and grabs him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Casey says, they're here, the faculty. But when he looks, they're gone. So, of course, his dad's like, this kid's on drugs. And it's like really that 90s thing that I feel like we are getting away from. It's like, my kid's on drugs, this piece of shit. He probably has mental illness. And it's like, if your kid (laughs) is on drugs, you have to talk to him. You have to, like, treat this as, like, a problem to the family. Like, to punish this child. Right. If he is on drugs, he needs help rather than, like, Right. What a piece of shit he's doing drugs. Now I think we're more like, right. it's like, oh, if you're 15 or whatever doing this, something is going on, you know? Right. You need help, not, like, consequences. Not to be cut off from your friends and whatever. 
So yeah. in the morning, Casey's dad's like, I'm taking you to school. You come right back after school. And he's like, please don't make me go there. Like, let me just stay home. He's like, your yeah. mother's looking for a doctor and you're going straight to a therapist. Unfortunately, all of a sudden, when Casey walks in the school, he looks back, he sees Coach Willis at his dad's car window whispering to him. Oh, no. So clearly the plan is like, not just the cops, not just the school. We're, this just whole town. Every adult. Yeah, this whole, uh, the, all these adults, this whole town is eventually going to be subsumed. Okay. Um, as soon as Casey gets in school, Delilah, who now has glasses and her hair up, because uh, she's like too distressed to be hot, sure. grabs him and throws him into the boys' room. And they're like whispering. And he's like, why are you dressed like that? She's like, I'm incognito. And at first I was like, God, that's stupid. But I was like, no, it's the 90s, which we remember as people who grew up in the 90s, having a ponytail yes. and, glasses and glasses was enough to look like a totally different person as we learned from, of course, she is all that. I mean, Rachel Lee Cook was unrecognizable. In the, her two different roles in that movie. So, unfortunately, not different roles, but like personalities. Unfortunately, looks. Um, while we've just seen sort of adults be subsumed into this, we hear Miss Drake, she's just starting to call student names over the loudspeaker. Okay. Allison, Miss Drake calls Delilah's name. <gasps> and Delilah's like, oh my God, they're after me. And, you know, we kind of get a little bit Correct. of Delilah's backstory. Like, oh, I told my mom, but she blew me off. And, like, she drinks. She's a nightmare. My dad's dead, you know. Let's go to the cops. And Casey's like, I was here last night. They already have the cops. Mrs. Rummel was fucking dead. And he's like, was, is it a satanic cult they're in? Which is not a bad idea. He doesn't know about the, the con yeah. world connection yet. Right. And Delilah says, let's go find Stan. I got to go find him. So now we have Delilah's coming back to talk to Stan. Meanwhile, Stokely, who has feelings for him, expresses them in a, a teenage, her healthy teenage fashion by screaming at him every chance she mm -hmm. can. And then Mary Beth, also in this very classically teenagery way, is like, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get them together. And in science class, sort of shoves Stokely into Stan's lap once they once okay. they get into class. And it's like that, I remember people doing that in high school, where it's like, I don't know how to speak yes. to someone, but if my friend shoves me into them into the, during a dance, we might end yes. up dating. Yes, yes. That is how we will stop, start talking or dancing or dating or whatever it is. While they're in class, Mr. T Tate comes in, who he's always been kind of depressed and like, oh God, we, we have no money. He is radiating manic energy and he tells everyone, we're going to write down a living family tree. So I want to write you to write down the name of everyone who's alive in your family. I guess to potentially That's go subsume them into this. Very odd. Seems like you wouldn't yes. need to know their name, or I need to ask for addresses, but sure, I guess that's part of it. Right. Um, after class, Mary Beth tries to hit on Zeke, and he offers her some of this homemade drug he has. And she's like, oh, I have terrible allergies. Like, I'm just not that kind of person. I can't, I would probably die if I took it. And they flirt, and he's like, ooh, you could die if you take this. That's sexy. <laughs> Um, and, of course, we see, like, all these students start to line up outside the principal's office. And, you know, Gabe tells, stops and says to Stan, hey, like, I hope you don't feel bad. Like, um, Coach Willis made me the new team captain. And Stan's like, no, no, I don't care about that. I quit the team. Why is everyone lined up outside the principal's office? And Gabe tells him, oh, Nurse Harper is doing an ear exam. Just as the police see? start walking into no. the building. So, obviously, every student's being called to the office. A worm is being put in their ear, and they are being... They're being made a part of this or, Yeah. And so finally, we also, have— Also, this is where, like, if I was one of the 45 uh, teen leads in this film um, and had a car, I'd be like, I'm driving to another town. Yes. Like, I'm going to leave school right now and drive, like, 
over to, like, the next school, the next city, like, wherever is, like, outside of this community and be like, hey, something's happening. Yeah. Um, well, the only person we've seen so far that has a car, I believe, is Zeke. Zeke. Speaking of Zeke, yeah. Zeke is, you know, still selling his $5 pen of uh, scat. And nice. Danny Masterson <sighs> and his friend roll up, and they're like, hey, can we buy, like, all of them? And Zeke's like, no, that's crazy. He's like, oh, we want all of them. And they kind of had this, like, intense look. And that's the first time Zeke's like, oh, okay, no. And he sort of pockets these pens full of drugs. He's like, I don't have any more. Mm-hmm. I can't give them to you. Just then, Miss Burke shows up. She's obviously been sucked into the invasion. She's wearing a bright yes. red dress, no glasses. She's a stone-cold mm-hmm. babe. And she starts screaming at Zeke, and she just goes off on him. She's like, if you start peddling your wonder dust around this house, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass, you'll be tasting my toes till graduation. And everyone's Super like, sexual for no reason. burn, you know. Um, over in the library, Casey has gone to Stokely as, like, the sci-fi expert to be like, okay, let's talk this through. Something is going on. And so he's like, I have to admit, yeah, like, this seems like something weird is going on. And it's like, okay, so what could this be? And so he's like, it kind of reminds me of The Body Snatchers by author Jack Finney, where the aliens start to take over this entire town. And Casey's like, oh, my God, you're right. It's aliens. And she's like, okay, I was just joking. But Allison, the best kind of jokes are ones that really reveal a truth about your experience. Yes. It's funny because it's true. And then Casey says, I think we're supposed to be like, this is the analogy to scream. And Casey says, all fiction has a grain of truth in it. What does Mrs. Burke say? Write what you know. How do we know that this author didn't encounter aliens at his high school and write about it? No. No, 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 no. We lost the thread at the end there. And so he's <laughs> like, well, for one thing, that's insane. The second thing is Body Sanchez is a blatant ripoff of Robert Hyland's The Puppet Master. So it's like he ripped off somebody. How could he? It, it, he's like, okay, my point is that aliens have taken over our high school. Yes. Maybe right. he's like, maybe X Files is right. Why are there so many movies about aliens? How do we know Spielberg, Lucas, Sonnenfeld, Emmerich haven't been visited by aliens? You know, maybe they're aliens themselves. Maybe they're simply preparing us for what's to come. And so he says, So you think aliens have been on Earth for years? Just to see doubt that when this happens, we will say, Oh no, it couldn't be an alien invasion. And Casey's like, That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly. That's it. And so he's like, okay, well, I mean, in Body Snatchers, they have, like, pods. We can look for their pods. But in Puppet Master, they're parasites. And luckily, Casey's smart because he's, like, the school dweeb. He's like, oh, my God, parasites. I just met a parasite outside (laughs) to the science lab. (laughs) And luckily, this is when the group finally fucking gets together. So I don't have to try to be explaining. So they run into Delilah and Stan. And Delilah's still a huge bitch bitch to Stokely, like, for no reason. And they sneak into the science room. The mesozoan that they saw is missing. The little breakaway no. duplicate is still there, but the main parasite that— The teeth. With the teeth is gone. Great. And they're trying to tell Stan, and Delilah's immediately on board because she's like, oh, I saw Mrs. Brummel. I saw them attack Nurse Harper last night. Like, or I like, heard them. You know, like, I right. know that something is a mess. So she's on board, but Stan's like, this is insane. Like, why would they come to Ohio? And Casey tells him, if you were an, an alien, would you blow up the White House or would you sneak in through the back door? Ohio, which I thought was uh, funny. Ohio, America's back door. <laughs> America's, America's through the back door. Meanwhile, um, Mary Beth and Zeke are, have snuck into the storeroom and Zeke explains to her, like, I steal chemicals from the lab to make my drugs so that I can sell them. And mm. she's like, so if anyone finds us, just grab me and pretend we were making out. So then they start making out. Sure. And they course. hear Stan and the gang talking and so they kind of join them in the science class next door, and Zeke's just cla- like, there's no way, aliens? Like, what are you guys even talking about? Just then, Mr. Furlong walks in, and Zeke's like, oh my God, 
you're not going to believe this was for like, Casey thinks you're an alien. Literally, Mr. Furling goes, locks the door and goes dead in the oh, eyes no. and says, it's better this way. And he grabs Casey. Zeke immediately breaks like one of those big paper cutters off a table. Yes, this this scene is in the trailer, early that moment. Which is insane. I always remember thinking that in high school, like, somebody's going to cut their fingers off because, like, like, it's a giant blade. Truly shocking that there aren't more horrific injuries around those things. He grabs, he rips the blade off, and he swings it at Mr. Furlong, chopping all of his fingers off. Allison, not only do all of Mr. Furlong's fingers fly off, when they hit the ground, they start crawling around the room— Mm-mm. with red filaments emerging from the finger stumps as Mr. Furlong attacks Zeke. So we know he's fully an alien. Yes, fully. And Zeke, he doesn't have another weapon. He gets a blade knocked out of his hand. Finally, scrambling around, he grabs one of the pens of scat out of his pocket, and he jams it into Mr. Furlong's eye. And immediately, Oof. all this white foam starts exploding out of the eye socket. But not before Mr. Furlong throws uh, Zeke into the aquarium. There's glass and water everywhere. And the combination of water and the scat causes, like, basically Mr. Furlong's head to foam out, killing him. Okay. So. We've got a solution. There we go. Um, So they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here, finally. And before they go, Casey scoops up the little mesozoan into a jar with water to bring it with them. Which is good. That is smart. You know, they're going to need to do some experiments. They're going to have to figure something out. Something. So they all, like, everyone acts cool. We got to get to Zeke's car. And they kind of, like, make it out there while everyone, they realize everyone in school is staring at them. Everyone's drinking a big bottle of water in case we don't get it. Unfortunately, Allison, there's a police barricade, so they cannot drive out of town. So they are forced to double back and hold up at Zeke's house. And luckily, because Zeke's parents are neglectful and always traveling, he has essentially turned his shed into a full-on meth lab with, like, beakers and metal tables and, like, scalpels, which I thought was very fun. Like That's fun. I like that Why beat around the bush? Right. Just, it's what, that's what's happening. So Zeke, because he's a scientist at heart, uh, he also has a white lab rat, which reminded me of um, the baboon in The Fly. It's like, I just have a baboon. It's like, he just had a white rat. For experiments. Yeah, it's just like, who knows? I might need it. So he gives, he cuts off part of the mesozoan and he, fe- he gives it to the white lab rat and it immediately goes into the rat's ear and sends out all these uh, tendrils. So Z kills and dissects Ugh. the rat. And here are the conclusions they come to, which is it's a parasite, but it needs a host. It can only do so much on okay. its own. And the, it needs sort of a moist body. And they're like, oh Ugh. my God, the human body is 70% water. But fortunately— Good time to bring up that fact that we all know and exactly. have to drop constantly when we're younger. Um, and fortunately, when uh, Zeke dumps a penful of the scat on the parasite, it kills it. And he said, oh, that makes sense because there's caffeine pills in it, and caffeine's a diuretic. So we just need to mm. dry them out. All right. And they turn to Stokely, they're like, you're a sci-fi fan. It's like, okay, well, based on my research, which is just reading books in the school library— Right. This thing, it looks like it's like a bee, or it's part of some community or hive, right? So mm. if we're able to find oh, the no. queen and we kill the queen, we can effectively destroy all the mesozoans and return everyone to human. Again, I love a huge logical leap. Yes, huge. I mean, huge. And it, this is when Delilah's like, oh my God, we're going to listen to her like some fucking Trekkie freak. Like, oh, you read a bunch of books and we're supposed to listen to you. It's like, Delilah, you are not helping. 
Yeah, you're also like, where's your solution? Yeah, we need to problem solve, you know? And Stan says, well— Go with something. Stan points out, well, how do we know that none of us are aliens? Because they act weird. And Delilah's like, yeah, weird like a quarterback who quits quits the week of the big game. And then Mm, Delilah says, and Stokely, when did you stop muff diving? And I'm like, are are you suggesting that the aliens turn Stokely straight? Straight? And then she says, and what about you, Mary Beth? You're a new student the week of the alien invasion. Don't you think that's a little suspicious? And they all start turning at each other. Some of these are good points. Not the one about uh, Stokely. <laughs> right, like, exactly. A new student, you would you would be like, oh, how strange you showed up how when this happened. And like, yeah, you're quitting football after like a, you know, high school career right, of being like the star football team. And Delilah, you're being a huge bitch, which actually is what you're always like. So if anything, we can assume yeah. that you're, you it's know, not you. Not you. <sighs> so Zeke says, oh, well, we already know what the experiment, like we know how to test who is an alien. Everyone is going to snort a pen full of scat. And if you are fine and you just get a little bit high, then you're a human. And if you win-win, fucking dehydrate and ex- your brain explodes and foams out, then we know you're an alien. Then we know you're an alien and you're dead. The sequence is, of course, lifted whole cloth from the thing where they have to go yes. around and test everybody. Yes. Right. Before we get into the testing, I should mention Zeke has a handgun. And when I say it's not, it's oh. introduced in the worst way handgun it could ever be introduced was it's just lying <laughs> out on his lab table. <laughs> it's telling you, it's you like, know, I have a handgun a for white protection. Rat, beakers, a handgun, science. But we do have a gun, so now there's a gun at play. Okay. Casey takes the drugs, totally fine. Stan snorts it, fine. Stokely's like, I'm gonna, not going to take that. What's in it? Household products? However, you know, Stokely snorts it, she's fine. Zeke snorts it, fine. The last two are Delilah. And Delilah's like, I'm not doing it before Mary Beth. And Mary Beth's like, I have terrible allergies. I could have an asthma attack. I could die. I don't want to do this. And Zeke says, you're both going to take it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Allison, Mary Beth snorts a drug. But Delilah, when she goes to start it, she drops the pen. And Stan sort of steps over thinking, oh, she just dropped it. And he looks up, and there are parasites crawling under her skin. Oh. Casey grabs the gun what? and they're like, oh, my God, Delilah's the alien. But, like, then why is she with— th- Anyway, keep going, because maybe that'll get answered. Um, I think this is one of those things where it's like, I guess they just want to appear normal until the moment is right. Yeah. And also, like, to seed debt, like— Exactly. Continue to— Yeah, yeah to psychologically manipulate the town, I guess. Mm-hmm. So— um, you know, Casey grabs the gun. He's pointing at Delilah, and Zeke screams, "Shoot her!" But we know Casey kind of has a crush on Delilah, and also he's like the introspective one. So he's like, "I can't do it." And Stokely just grabs the gun out of his hand, and says, "I'll fucking shoot her!" It starts firing at Delilah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Unfortunately, Delilah, because she is like an alien monster now, explodes through the wall of the shed and runs to the street where a car is already waiting, which is Mister Tate in the student driver car, which I thought was very funny. That's very so fun. I'm assuming they're able to communicate like telepathically, or maybe she already told him. I don't know right. what how he, he knew to be there, but he's there. And Casey tells Zeke, if we kill the queen, then everyone will revert to being human. And Zeke's like, that's a great idea, that's but Delilah knocked over all of my drugs. Leap. So like I have a bunch of it, but it's all over the fucking ground. I only yeah. have a limited supply, and it's like a cup of it, basically. And then some loose right. pens full of the drug. So he's like, I don't have it. To give everyone, they're like, we don't right. have to. We just have to find the person who started this. Meaning it's not Jordana Brewster? No. we could. She just is an alien Yes, now. we could trust that Jordana is okay. not the queen. Um, the queen is, they are assuming, amongst the faculty, because it started with the faculty. So they pile it in the car, and Casey's like, we'll just have to find the queen and kill her. 
And Mary Beth's like, okay, but where would the queen be? And Stan says, Friday night, where else could she be? Allison, it's finally the night of the big game, which brings me to my question. The big game. Who will survive? Who will survive? I mean, I can't even begin to list the number of people. Well, I'm, I'm going to guess we have— Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. I was going to say, I guess we have, like, a handful of survivors, mm-hmm. probably. Not everybody. Um, right, because we do say if they're able to find the queen, even the people who are infected could survive. Right. I'm going to guess Jordana Brewster dies. Okay. I'm going to guess, like, a couple of teachers along the way. Okay die. But I think for the most part, the students that we've been following will survive. Okay, great. That's like all the guessing I could possibly do no, at this I, point. I mean, it's like also, way too many and, you know, It's like you're it's like not... polyphonic spray. Yeah. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. So they roll up to the packed football stadium, and this is a classic 90s third act where it's like we are, they, we, they made a decision, we're breaking into the third act, and it's a huge mm. set piece where they have paid yes. good money to fill these the hundreds of people. Yes. Like they're yes. actually playing a football game, what it looks like. Unfortunately, yes. and we, as we watch, when the Hornets like knock, you know, like tackle these players and have them on the ground, they are putting parasites in the other team's ears and wow. infecting the other players. So we know, okay, so they're going to go home to their schools. This is going to spread like COVID. It's going. This is the new COVID. And of course, this is, this. as they drive up, they're blasting Pink Floyd's "Another Brick of the Wall," iconic, iconic. And they decide, okay. Principal Drake, she's in charge of the school. Ergo, she must be the queen. And hey, you know, I, how else would you figure it out? You know what I mean? That is good, you know, first-pass logic. Yes. And they're like, we have to do this tonight because by morning, everyone, the town is going to be turned. Of course, we see Miss Drake. She's always with Mrs. Olson. And both of them have clearly been, you know, alienified. Sexed up. And yeah, oh, they look fantastic. So the gang heads to the gym while everyone's outside, and Mrs. Miss Drake follows them in there, and they tie her up, and they're like, "Miss Drake, you have to sort these drugs, or Stan's going to shoot you." And Miss Drake is like, "What the fuck is going on?" And so that's when the first time, like Casey has a moment of like, "Wait, is she not turned? Like, is she? Am I misunderstanding right. this? Like, are we just going to be shooting a woman?" Miss Drake is the principal, BB New, BB New, and she's paying. She's like, "Please don't do this. I'm begging you." And Casey has the gun, and he. He's like, I can't do this. So Z grabs a gun and shoots Miss Drake between the eyes. And she just Ooh. falls to the ground. And they, <gasps> as they look, she has just blood pooling out from her head. 
And Casey She's says, I think we made a mistake. Luckily. Now you've murdered your principal. Just then, Ms. Drake's body rises from the floor, parasites and red tentacles streaming out of her bullet wound. What? And just then, Mary Beth is holding the cup of all of the powder, if they have less, essentially, and just throws it on her, causing her to just immediately desiccate and turn to the fucking crypt keeper. Okay. Which is good. So they they didn't, you know, she was an alien. Unfortunately, Mary Beth has now just thrown all of the powder they had, except for like a couple little pens. And Zeke's like, yeah, I'm not mad. <laughs> because we made out and, and that was cool. But what the fuck? What, and you know, like, now, you knew you that know. this is all we had. And so right. they run to the, now they're hopeful though. Like, okay, we killed the queen. They run out to the windows and it's so torrentially raining. They've called the football game. So everyone is leaving. So they can't really tell, like, is anyone still there? Is anyone acting normally? So right. Stan sides. We only have a, a couple penfuls of scat. And they kind of play fast and loose. They're like, they keep being like, we don't need any more yet. Luckily, Zeke has one more. Now we're okay. out of it. But okay. luckily, we found one. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got a very limited one or two pens left. Okay. And Stokely grabs Stan and kisses him. And she's like, I just didn't want you to die before I did that. So I thought that was cute. Well, that's nice. Unfortunately, Allison, Stan runs out of the driving range and he sees the football team and he's like, Coach, are you normal again? You know, running over to him. Not only is he not normal, like all the players and Coach Wills are standing in the rain with like tentacles like leading out Jeez. of their skin, twisting and writhing, drinking the water. And unfortunately, it, you hate to see it. The kids inside are, can't really see through the rain and then finally Stan slants. Stan runs back to the door and he slams into it. He's like, let me in. It wasn't Miss Drake. It must be the coach. They know I'm onto them. I just saw the weird tentacles. Let me in. And Zeke tells Stokely, don't let him in. We don't know if he's an alien now. And they're like, That's just valid. take the pen. Yeah, it's like, just snort the pen and we'll know that you're it's you. And he's like, I dropped the pen when I was running and I don't know where it is. I can't find him. And they're like, fuck. So Zeke has another one. He slides him under the door. Unfortunately, Allison, when they slide out of the door, Stan goes to snort it, and then he just smiles and he dumps it out. No, Stan is was an that alien. the last one? Well, you'd think so, For but now. luckily they're gonna find okay. some more. <laughs> yeah. Got it. As of right now, the last one. So he tells Stokely, it's so much better. They want you. I want you. Come and be happy with us. And they're like, fuck you, get out of here, Stan. And they go and barricade them in the, themselves in the gym. And Stan kind of scampers away. And Zeke says, okay, I thought I was out, but realistically, because I'm a stoner, I think I have some in my trunk. Mm -hmm. So I just need to go out to the parking lot oh and God. get it. And Casey's like, God damn it. And he goes out with him. Luckily, it stopped raining. Okay. And the football team is essentially just marching through the, the parking lot where all the buses are. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of having to like crawl under the buses and like, you know, like be decoys and run around. And finally, Casey has to hide in a school bus to escape, you know, the onslaught of football players. And Delilah corners him in there. And she's like, I know you want me. I know you want to be cool. Just join us. I'm happy. I haven't been this happy since my dad died. And Casey's like, that's sad. And he's able to scramble out of the emergency hatch in the roof of the bus and then jump okay. to another bus. Okay, yes. Over, over in his car, Zeke makes it to his trunk. He cannot find any scat in there. Oh my and Ms. Burke shows up, sexier than ever, even more of an alien than ever. Which is Ms. Burke like, again? She's Famke ja uh, Jansen. Famke so, yeah. you know, from mousy to hottie. Like, yeah. And she's like, 
would you have something for me in there? I'd love to you show me a good time, you know? Again, he's a child that goes to your school. Right. He's able to get into the car and then finds a couple loose pens in the cup holder. Yes. Unfortunately, before he could drive away, Miss Burke head punches the passenger seat side window and Jesus. starts crawling inside. So Zeke oh is God. having to do, like we saw at the beginning, donuts in yep. the parking lot trying to throw her body Good. out of the car. Finally, I used for donuts. <laughs> exactly. And then thinking fast, not sure what to do, Zeke buckles his seatbelt and he crashes into a school bus, sending Mrs. Burke's body flying through the windshield. And Zeke escapes, but not before he sees Miss Burke's severed head crawling around on tentacles. No, 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 Again, no, no, shout no, out no, to the no, thing. No. While her headless body searches for it on the ground. Oh, it's kind of funny. So there's still outside there. It's mayhem outside. Inside the gym, Mary Beth is sitting with Stokely and... She's like, well, you like sci-fi. Like, how do these stories end? And Stokely tells Mary Beth, they win. Like, the aliens take over. Yeah. And Mary Beth says, you know, or maybe the humans win, you know, because they become better than they were. Aren't you tired of pretending to be something you're not, Stokely? I know I am. And then Mary Beth punches Stokely in the face and transforms into a gigantic prehistoric worm beast with giant teeth. What? Just as just as Casey makes his way back from the gym, Mary Beth, the new girl, is the alien queen. Oh. And because she's like, I got to move this along, I'm just going to reveal myself. I'm not going to yes. wait for everyone to think I'm like some goody two-shoes or whatever. Right. There's so many people to get through to like, we got to move, keep, keep it moving. So they bolt through the pool area. Stokely is dragged into the pool by the queen. Of course, she's an incredible... Uh, swimmer, yes. and is barely able to survive. Casey drags her out, and they run into Zeke, and they're sort of trying to hide in the locker room area. And uh, Zeke runs in, and he finds Mary Beth, who is now naked, because when she transformed, all of her clothes got ripped off. Mm. And Stokely. And Mary Beth's like, it's her. Stokely's the alien. We don't know what she is. Gay, straight, alien. Okay. And Zeke says my favorite line of the movie, Mary Beth, let me ask you a question. Why are you naked right now? And Mary Beth's like, oh, right, he was wearing clothes. Don't you like my body? I'm getting used to it, too. And Zeke says, wait, but I saw you take the drug, which is, of yeah. course, what everyone's thinking. Yes. And we see in a flashback that Mary Beth's nostrils, because she's an alien, closed off from the inside. And then she sort of slyly knocked the bottom of the pen off and dumped the and drug without anyone noticing. Oh. So she did not take the drug. No. Zeke goes to stab Mary Beth with a pen, and Stokely grabs his arm. Stokely now is an alien. Oh, she got to her. So we are losing bodies. We're losing people. Left and right. Luckily, Casey intervenes, and he's able to shove Stokely into, like, remember, like, the ball cage where they kept all the gym equipment? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? Yep. So he shoves her in there, and she's screaming. And and so finally we're down to Casey and Zeke getting chased through the locker room by a completely nude Mary Beth. And finally, we see Zeke get thrown like a bag of laundry over the lockers, knocking him out. And we're down to Casey. And Casey only has, I'm going to say, one or two pens left. We've been right. at one or two pens for about an hour now. Yeah, it's, you know, tough math. And luckily, um, while Mary Beth is a totally different species from a different world, um, aliens and humans do have one shared love. And that is, of course, having some sort of supervillain monologue. Of course. So, you know, we, Mary Beth is sort of walking between the lockers, like, looking for Casey. And she tells him, my home was beautiful, full of infinite oceans, and still, until it started to dry up. Climate change. Okay. It was a world you couldn't imagine, Casey. 
A world without anger, without fear, without attitude. Where the underachiever goes home at night to parents who care. The jock can be smart, the ugly duckling beautiful, and the class wuss doesn't have to live in terror. And the new girl, well, the new girl, she can just fit right in with people who are just like her. Which I thought was very funny, where it's like, so on this alien planet, where everyone is a monster worm and there's oceans, well, you're telling me the class wuss doesn't have to live in terror, the jock can be smart? Like, what are we right. talking about here? What, yeah, what? there's cliques on an alien yeah, ocean you world. organized sport? Like, how, right. who's ugly? Who's beautiful? Are there teachers and, cl- like, ugh. And he, tell, he tells her, you know, I don't want to be happy. I'd rather be afraid if that's, if that's what I have to give up in order to be a part of it. And Mary Beth scoffs and says, then go ahead. This is where your land of fiction gets it right. We win. So Mary Beth transforms into the gigantic, like, CGI worm monster and chases Casey back into the gym under the bleachers, and he's able to hit the close button, so it's starting to close on her. And just as Mary Beth, the gigantic worm monster, is shooting parasites into the skin of Casey's face, Mm -mm. he's able to get one of the pens, and he says the thing that— Casey says the exact same phrase that Zeke told the stoners at the beginning as he Mm. stabs one of the pens into Mary Beth's massive worm head. He tells her, it's guaranteed to jack you up. (laughs) And immediately, Mary Beth, the monster's face starts foaming. She starts to dissolve. And luckily, everyone else is returned to normal. Mm. And Casey reunites with Stokely and Zeke, and they ask, is it over? Allison, one month later... We oh, hear no. a news report voiceover about how Harrington High is returned to normal after several faculty members' disappearances. And I think there's some interesting and perhaps baffling choices here at the end. Okay. So we see Stan and Stokely are together. However, Stokely is not goth. So I'm like, well, so we're staying like, now she could be normal. Now she's the love of the football player, so she could just be like a regular girl. That was weird. Zeke okay. has joined the football team. Again, that's not anything. We, we know that he's very smart. If anything, we should see him graduate early. Like, the football yeah. team is a weird choice. That's a very weird choice. And then reporters are swarming the school, and as they do, Delilah gives Casey a stack of Time people and People magazines with his face on it as being, like, the hero. And it's like, okay. hero or hoax? Alien invasion or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And she gives him the school magazine with him on the cover calling him a hero. And they kiss. And I'm like, so is she, why is she not a bitch anymore? She was always a bitch. Yeah, I just like don't get it. (laughs) And Casey ends on the line with, to me is baffling. The line is, things sure have changed, haven't they? What? What? But I will say the movie ends with a very funny thing. So basically like they end with like sort of that like, um, you know, what are they, uh, Animal House type where you see like, not like their future, but you see like all pictures of the characters, like they all look fine again. Yeah. Usher's fine. The coach is like back to normal. Mm-hmm. And you have the actor's name. And then you see Mr. Furlong, John Stewart. Right. And he has an eye patch and a big bandage on his hand. And he, he <laughs> gives a thumbs up. And as he does, he drops his donut. And I was like, so we're to, we're to infer that Mr. Furlong survived, but lost an eye and all of his fingers. So then I'm like, well, what does he think happened? What do the people who survived yeah. think happened? Yeah, do they know? Never addressed. Like, do they know that they were, you know, being run by an alien parasite? Do they know what they did while they were, you know, under that parasite's control? Do they think, did they just like black out and wake up and like everything is this now? I don't know. I think they know they were taken over, but, like, you think they'd be talking about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So finally, oh, we also see Miss Burke. She's mousy again. So I guess she survived okay. being decapitated. Yeah, I, I but don't like know he how lost an eye. Yeah, it's like which what things stuck and which didn't. And they said like, oh, there were several faculty member disappearances. But I'm like, who was it? Mrs. Bremel? I'm assuming she didn't survive, but like yeah. Miss Drake. Like it's very unclear which of the faculty members disappeared. Yeah. Because we see the coach. So finally, Allison, I have to ask you, what are some fatal mistakes that people made in the movie The Faculty? Fatal mistakes. Oh, I'm surprised that there's not a like everything's back to normal. Or is it? Like, that just feels like exactly what this movie would do. But they're like, we had too much stuff going on. We had too many people involved. Yes. We're just ending this cleanly. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely thought it would be like, oh, what a new school. Like, Mary Beth arrives at right. a new school. Yeah, or very, some I other mean, This is what person. disturbing behavior taught us. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they th- literally changed the ending because yeah, of, you know, possible. disturbing behavior. I mean, they might have been like, we can't have it be that similar. Yeah, that's true. Fatal mistakes. Um, again, just not telling people what's going on when you see things going on that aren't normal. Yeah. Um, I feel like a, what's hard, and the same thing as with disturbing behavior, is when you tell your parents they don't believe you. Yeah, and when you're a teen. Fair. Yeah. yeah. So and I then feel especially like once really the parents did... are, like, under the parasitic control, mm-hmm. then it's like there's just nothing you can do. But I feel like people, they collaborated as well as they could. Yeah. Like, people, you know, Delilah was really mean to Stokely, but she she did eventually get on board. And, yeah. you know, I feel like these kids did the best they could, honestly. Yeah, I think, like, across the board, pretty good. Yeah, there's no way they could have found out what was going on before the trying out of the drugs. And they got to that pretty naturally. So, I guess me me more suspicious of Mary Beth, but even then it's like it's like the teacher's the ones student. acting weird. Yeah. How could you know? Yeah, she was being normal. New, but Is normal. the moral of the story, don't trust new students. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. I think that's what we've learned from this film. Film. <laughs> this film. All right, and then finally, where would you put the faculty on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I mean, it's so much fun, but it feels like a movie I could watch and could have watched yes. in 1998 um, and would have been loving it because of all of the famous people. Um, like a three? Yeah, I think that's I feel fair. Like, I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. I feel like that opening sequence is very scary and I really yeah, enjoyed it. Scary. But there's, it is a sci-fi movie. It's, it's you know, yeah. figuring, it's solving the mystery. It's, it's battling yes. the monster. Yes. Which is not in and of itself that that spooky. That, yeah. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, like, it, it's great to revisit our heyday, you know, when we were exactly the age that this kind of movie was made for. Uh, always fun to do these films. And there's so many of them because 1998, you know, 1995 to 2005, which I would say is our heyday, um, is just mm-hmm. rife with uh, big fun horror movies like this. Much like us, horror movies peaked in 1998, is yes. my conclusion. Yep. That's a great uh, thought to summarize this entire episode. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We yes. appreciate you listening. Um, yes. We also appreciate if you leave us a spooky five-star rating review. Oh, yeah. We will read them. 
Yes. And uh, give you a shout out. Um, they must be five star and they must be a spooky little story. Yeah, it's gotta be a little spooky. However, whatever you think a spooky review would be. We've mm-hmm. we've gotten some really great ones, and uh I know you guys have more in you, so we would love to read those. And until then, yeah, we ask of you. We're gonna have to ask. Whether you're the school wuss, whether you're right. the jock, whether you're the ugly duckling, whether you're the fifth year student, please keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. If you have kids or pets, you know stains and odors in your carpet and upholstery are inevitable. But the experts at ChemDry can help. ChemDry removes odors and stubborn stains by sending millions of carbonating bubbles deep within your carpet. ChemDry lifts dirt, urine, and stains to the surface to then be extracted away, giving you a cleaner and healthier home. Call 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com to connect with your local ChemDry and learn about special offers in your area. That's 1-800-CHEMDRY or visit ChemDry.com today. 